All right. Uh, this year, is, or this past year, was kind of uh, interesting because on Christmas and New Year's, both of those uh, days uh, fell on Sunday. And that doesn't happen very often. In fact, the next time that it will happen, if I've read everything correctly, it'll be 11 years from today. And so it's going to be a while, but then it'll repeat, I think, 6, 5, and 6, and then 11 again. Uh, so it'll be a while before we have uh, Sunday uh, or Christmas on Sunday and New Year's on Sunday uh, to deal with. But the good news is, it gives us an opportunity to get 2023 off to the right start. Because we can actually start today dedicating the rest of the year to our service to the Lord. And think about it, if you made a New Year's resolution to get to church every Sunday, then guess what? You're doing good because you're here today. And so hopefully you'll be able to make it all services this year. I know we've had some health issues with uh, different individuals, but hopefully this year will be a little more uh, positive and things will get better. But in our text this morning, we find the children of Israel were off to a new start. Moses had led them for 40 years in the wilderness, and they'd wandered in that, in that time, in that time period. And as we see here, and at the conclusion of the chapter before, we can see where Moses had died. And the book of Joshua starts off, you might say, with a bang, because Moses, or God says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go. We see that in the very uh, second verse of Joshua chapter 1. That Moses was their leader, but now he's gone. Don't look back. Don't try to emulate Moses. You need to move forward. And I think that those are words of encouragement, and we can learn a lesson from those orders that God gave to to, uh, Joshua. You see, the book of Joshua is something that is very important because we can see what Joshua was able to accomplish. We can see the leadership of Joshua. And the Bible tells us as long as Moses and Joshua were the leaders, the children of Israel did pretty good. They had some difficulties, but nothing like after they had died, then they totally went into idolatry and were carried away eventually into captivity. And so... There are many lessons that I think that we can learn in just one of these verses that we're going to look at. And the first is that we need to leave the past behind. And sometimes that's very difficult to do. You see, Joshua and his people faced an enormous challenge. They had been, uh, they had been nomads, and now they were going to be landowners because they were moving into a land to possess it. And they would soon lose or leave their tents and move into dwellings, houses that they, uh, someone else may have built or they may build for themselves. And so there was a lot of things that were happening. They were going to quit eating manna and the quail that God had given them. That was no longer going to be delivered to them. They were going to have to do things themselves. And they would have to go off of defense where they fought to defend themselves. And now they were going in to conquer. So they were going on the offensive. So you can see that there's things that are going to change. And so they had to face the future as warriors. And brethren, really, that's what we need to look at ourselves as as we are in this world. We're in a battle. And we're warriors. We're servants of God. And we need to go out into the world and share the Gospel with people. And people need to see the life that we're going to live. And they need to see that there's a change in our lives as being a Christian from what it was in the world. Unfortunately, many times... 
People look at the world and they look at members of the church and they don't see a difference. Why? Because people in the church are behaving just as bad as those out there in the world. And God doesn't want that to happen. And so God is telling Joshua here, Moses was dead. But God had a purpose for Joshua to continue to live. You see, there is there was no time to stand around grieving for Moses. The Bible tells us that no one knew where his sepulcher was. They didn't know where it was located. But they weren't to stand around and look back and, and, and uh, grieve for, for Moses. It was not time for them to dwell on the past, but to move forward. You see, if the world doesn't end, you and I are going to die. And, we're going, and each one of us will pass from this life just like Moses did. And God is telling Joshua, and I believe the message is the same for us, that when we die, we're dead. But the work of the Lord continues on. And we can look back over the history of our own lives, and if you've been a member of the church, you've seen people that were very involved in the work of the church who have passed away. And guess what? Does the work stop? Does the church cease to exist? No, we continue on. And the work goes on. And so a great servant may die, but that means the rest of us have to carry on. And that's what God is telling Joshua here concerning Moses. And so on this first day of the year, maybe thoughts of the past are holding you back. Maybe you look back and you think about 2022, and you see a lot of things that went wrong. And sometimes we get bogged down on the regrets that we have from the past. Maybe you made a few wrong steps. Maybe you made some painful choices. Maybe you had something that you lost that was precious to you. And maybe someone let you down. Or you were, you were a big disappointment to someone. But on the other hand, maybe there were some great things that happened in your life. Maybe something very positive that encouraged you and helped you to live a faithful life. Something happened back in, in the years past. The question is, do we want to dwell on those things? Or do we want to move forward? You see, we need to move forward. And we need to... Leave the past behind us. There's a story told years ago that there was a thunderstorm that swept through a southern Kentucky town. And it blew over an old pear tree that was on a farm where the Claypool family had lived. And they'd lived there for six generations. And old Grandpa John grieved the loss of that tree. Because he remembered climbing that tree when he was a little kid. And he remembered lots of things that had happened in the pears and the fruit that he had gotten from that tree. And there was a neighbor that came by and said, John, I'm really sorry to see that that old pear tree came down. Well, John said, well, I'm sorry too. Because it was really a real part of our lives or my life. So the neighbor said, what are you going to do? And Grandpa Jones said, he paused for a moment, and he said, I'm going to pick the fruit off of it that's salvageable. And then I'm going to burn what's left. There's a lot of wisdom in those words. 
You see, the past can be useful sometimes. And when I think of that story, it reminds me of Elisha. When Elijah placed a mantle on him, what did he do? He slaughtered the yoke of oxen. He burned the plow that he was burning or that he was plowing with, which meant that it was in the past and it was gone and there was no way to go back to it. And that's what happens sometimes. We get hung up and we want to go back and relive the past, do the past, do those things. Sometimes we just need to leave the past behind us. You see, unfortunately, I hear many people in churches from time to say that, or in time, in times they say things like, when I look back years ago, I remember the church doing this or doing that, you know, maybe a gospel meeting that would last two or three weeks. Or I remember when people would obey the gospel and, and people were, were debating and, and, and discussing the Bible openly. I remember all those good things that the church used to do. The problem is, the church needs to be doing those things still. We need to still move forward. The church doesn't stop. We need to keep going forward. And we need to have vision of what we can accomplish. You see, we get caught up into reminiscing or trying to recreate the past. And sometimes they don't give thought to the future. You see, God had plans for Joshua. And no one would let go of the past. Sometimes when that happens, it causes problems and it would have caused problems for Joshua. But any church or any individual that gives up on the future in order to hang on to the past is doomed for failure. Because eventually that church where everyone has given up is going to die. I ask you, have you looked to the future of what you can do for this congregation? You see, as members of Ridge Road, we need to heed the instructions that God gave to Joshua and realize that the past is dead. Put that behind us and move forward. And let's not uh, you know, keep looking back, but realize there's great things that we can do, that you can do as an individual, that we can do collectively for the cause of Christ. And so I want us to think about leaving the past behind, even the good things, and let's move forward. The second lesson that we can learn is that the Lord is with us. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. You think about those words, strong and courageous, being strong and good courage. That's pretty, pretty tough to accomplish sometimes unless you really believe the rest of that verse. If Joshua did not believe that, then he may not have been able to accomplish the great things that he was able to accomplish. The Lord is with us. And we have similar promises. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, what does it say? Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God's with us. Sometimes we turn our back on Him, but God doesn't turn His back on us. He's always there. And He's promised to never leave us or forsake us. And we have passages of Scripture like Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. If God be for us, who can be against us? 
You think about that with God on our side when we're doing what He wants us to do. We're going to accomplish great things. In Philippians chapter 4, and verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So where do I get my strength? Where do I get my courage? I get those things from God. And maybe that's one reason we should read God's Word because we can see example after example after example of people who had the courage to do what was right. And sometimes it, they had to pay a price. I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who stood up and said, we're not going to bow to your idol. And they were thrown in a fiery furnace. You can think of Daniel who continued to pray when the law said he couldn't pray. He continued to do what he had always done and it ended up costing him. He was thrown into a lion's den. But God spared him. God saved him just like He did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we can look at other examples of Joseph. When all the bad things that happened in his life, you can see how God was working through Joseph. And he had the courage to say no to Potiphar's wife. And he stood up and did what was right. And he ended up in prison. But he ended up eventually being second in command only to Pharaoh. We can look at other and many other examples. We need to read those things and put them in our heart because it encourages us to realize that yes, with God's help, I can be strong. With God's help, I can be courageous. And there's a lot of things out there in the world that we're going to have to deal with. And we can't always be on the offense. Sometimes we need to be on the defense. And so we've got to go both ways. We've got to be able to defend it and we've got to be able to step out and do and say what needs to be done and said. And so God is there to help us. You see, Joshua and Caleb were two who demonstrated their faith in the promise that God had made. You see, 40 years earlier, there was a group of spies that went out to spy out the promised land. And ten of those spies came back with a report that said, they're giants and we're just like grasshoppers in their eyes. And they basically, we can't take this land. But Joshua and Caleb stood up and said, yes, we can. With God's help, we can do it. And they were the only two that had the courage to say what needed to be said. And when you read the passage, you can hear and see where people were weeping because of what the spies had said that were negative instead of listening to Joshua and Caleb. And if you look at Joshua chapter 2, you'll see how ironic it was that the children of Israel doubted God's power. Again, in Joshua chapter 2, we can see great things that took place. Because while they went down to Jericho to take that city, they sent spies out again. Joshua did. And Joshua had courage. But listen to what was said in Joshua chapter 2, verses 9-11. through 11. This is talking about Rahab. And she told the spies, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us, that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For ye have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when ye were out of Egypt and what He did for you to the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard, had heard that these, of these things, our hearts did melt because 
or neither did these there remain any more courage in any man because of you for the Lord your God he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath Joshua chapter 2 verses 9 through 11 do you realize that sometimes people out in the world realize that as Christians you need to have courage and they can see that there's something different about you here Rahab they had heard about what God had done Sometimes I think we're afraid to tell people what God has done and what He can do for people and how He can help them change their lives. To be a faithful Christian, to have a home in heaven so that their sins are forgiven while they're here on this earth. And teaching them how to come in contact with the blood of Christ. But because of their unbelief, the Israelites wasted 40 years wandering in the wilderness while all the time the Canaanites were trembling, fearing the Israelites because of their God. You know, sometimes people in the world don't see the fear of God. They don't have it because they don't see it in our lives. Because how many of us actually have the fear of God where we respect Him and what He tells us that we need to do and how we need to live our lives and how we need to be dedicated to Him and how we need to be servants? You see, Jesus came and He set an example for us and He taught us what we need to do. Do we have the courage and the strength to do it? The heathens, they knew God. They knew the God who parted the Red Sea and had the power of heaven and on earth. When you look back again at the new year, you may see some fierce giants blocking your path. You may see some difficulties that are out there. But like David who slew his giant, with God's help we can slay those giants too. You see, we have people who are faced with severe health conditions for this year coming up. And some of you are face new challenges in school and at work and at different places. And some of you may want to step out and do something new for the cause of Christ. Maybe teach someone the gospel of Christ. Take some time to study with someone, but you're afraid. All of us face opportunities and challenges. And we have an opportunity to seize on those things. But you see, whatever obstacle that stands in your way this year, remember what Joshua was told be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And God will be with us. He's promised. The third point is when you do what God tells you to do, when you follow His direction, great things happen. And we see great things happen in Joshua's life. We see what happened with the children of Israel because of their strength and their courage, because they trusted God. And when we trust God, great things will happen to us. But there was there's also a definite change that we see with Joshua when he took over. Because he still he, he had his faith. He trusted God. And instead of wandering in the wilderness, he did what God told him to do. And of those forty years that they wandered in the wilderness, The children of Israel saw God at work every single day. 
I mean, think about all the things that they saw in their own in their own lives. You see, God guided them by a cloud of pillar, or a cloudy pillar or, uh, during the day, and by fire at night. And He opened the waters of the Red Sea, and He brought water gushing back upon the Egyptians. Daily they ate manna that God provided. And when they complained about the manna, God gave them a ton of uh, uh, quail to eat. They seen those things every day. When they were thirsty, God brought forth water out of a rock. When was the last time you saw a rock that had any water in it? For 40 years, their clothes and their shoes never wore out. That was God's way of showing them that they could trust Him. And under the leadership of Moses, they could see God's presence daily in their lives. But when Joshua came into power, things changed. A guiding cloud and pillar of fire were gone. There was no more manna no more quail. They've suddenly needed shoes repaired and clothes to buy and to fix. And Joshua stood facing the Jordan River and God opened those waters again and they crossed over. But from that point on, God says, you obey me and good things will follow. Look at that first battle that they faced when they came to Jericho. I'm sure all of us have heard the story. But Joshua fought that battle at Jericho and the walls fell down when they did what God told them to do. For seven days they marched silently around that city. Then on the seventh day they marched around seven times. Still silent, And all of this was an act of faith and obedience to what God had commanded them to do. You see, God had told Joshua in Joshua chapter 2 that He'd given them the city. And Joshua could have sat back and said, well, if you've given it to us, then you drive those people out. But God told Joshua what He needed to do. The same the fact of the matter is, God's told us what we need to do in order to have heaven as our home. It's there. It's prepared for us, but we have to live a faithful life. And so they had to march around that city the number of times that God told them to do so in order for that, those walls to fall flat. And at the end of the seventh time, the people obeyed that final instruction that God had given. And listen to what it says in Joshua chapter 6 and verse 20. So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpets, and the people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. You see, God can certainly do great things when He chooses. We don't expect miracles today because the period of miracles has ceased. But we need to understand that when we trust God, when we obey God, when we have the strength and the courage to follow Him and put the past behind us and continue to move forward, that good things and great things can happen to us. I read one of those preacher stories. 
that talks about a man's faith. And he decided that he was going to demonstrate his power, his trust in God's power. And so one day he declared from that day forward that he would depend upon God and God alone to supply all of his needs. And so he quit his high-paying job. And soon he was, had, he was forced to move out of his expensive home and into a smaller home in a poor neighborhood. And time went by and he ran low on food. And the first night he prayed to God and he asked God to send him some food. And the next morning he walked outside expecting to see some food on his porch. And there was no food. And so he just thought, well, maybe I need to pray harder. I haven't fervently prayed. And so he prayed diligently that second day. The next morning came and still there was no food on the porch. Again, he prayed all day long. God, You can do anything. I know that You can send me food. And again, he walked outside that morning and there was no food. And by this time, he was getting desperate. And he cried out in prayer, God, send a miracle or or I'm going to die from starvation. When he had prayed, he fell back on his bed exhausted. It was then that he heard a little voice and when he heard that voice, he said, "Here I am." And the cry, and the cry came, "Are you finally answering my prayer?" The voice said, "I've been answering your prayer. You've just been looking in the wrong direction." He says, "What do you mean, Lord? Walk outside." So he walked outside and he looked down at that porch. And he saw no food. And he said, look, there's nothing. He says, you're looking in the wrong direction. So he looked up in the sky and all he could see was clouds. He still didn't see any food. And he said, Lord, there's still no food. He said, look straight ahead. And he looked straight ahead. And there was a sign that was posted on the building across the street that said, laborers wanted, lunch will be provided. We know that that story is not true because God doesn't talk to us like that. He talks to us through His Word. But that story makes an interesting point. If you want to know what God wants you to do, all you need to do is look straight ahead. You just need to keep moving forward. You see, if someone needs prayer, then pray. If someone needs help financially, and you can do it, Help them financially. If there's something on the ground that needs picked up, pick it up. If the kitchen needs clean, clean the kitchen. If your neighbor needs help, help your neighbor. If someone needs to hear the Gospel of Christ, then share that Gospel of Christ with them. Just look straight ahead. Opportunities are there many times, but yet we'll walk right on past. Class needs to be taught, then volunteer to teach the class. If something's broken, then fix it. Don't rely on somebody else to do it. If you've got the ability, do it. God's there to help you. You've got the courage. He's given us what we need. If you don't know how to share the Gospel with someone and tell them what you did in order to become a Christian, then you need to re-examine what you did to become a Christian. 
Because we need to be able to share that gospel message that Jesus died for my sins, your sins, everyone's sins, and that He was buried and that He arose victorious over the grave. And that's the basic message that you see in the, in the day of Pentecost, the sermon on that day, and in other places where you can read sermons that were provided so that we can read and study. Opens God's, open God's Word and read it. Don't wait for somebody else. You got a Bible lesson? Do it. It's in front of you. Don't wait to come here and have me hand feed you. Study yourself. Don't trust me. I hate to get the the, the day of judgment. I've taught something wrong, and you just open mouth and let it go in, and it was wrong, and you're lost because of it. Wouldn't that be sad? So study. Read your Bible. Help people. Look for opportunities. Straightforward. All you got to do is keep walking and look. And when you have the opportunity, seize it. You see, when you see a need and you have the ability, you need to get busy filling that need. And when you do, great things will happen to you. What did Jesus say? It's more blessed to give than to receive. Try testing that out this year. And don't wait till December. Don't wait till uh, you know November or sometime there. Start today. When you see something that you can do for the cause of Christ, something that will help, even if it's just giving somebody a cup of water, then do it. And great things will happen. You see, that's when, when we do those things, when we trust Him, when we have the courage and strength to just step out and do it. God will bless us. The world says, show me and I will believe. God says, believe me and I'll show you. And that's what we need to understand. And so in 2023, let's make Joshua's directions that he was given by God. Make those our directions for us here at Ridge Road Church of Christ. And sure, we have plenty of great days in the past. And yes, we've made mistakes in the past. But like Joshua, our directions are get going. The past is behind you. You can't relive it. You can't re-examine it. You can't do it. You can learn from it, but move forward. Keep moving forward. Sure, we have some impressive obstacles in our way. Some have some tremendous challenges health-wise, maybe even financial-wise, or maybe other areas that we may not know about. But God will help us. And that means that we can slay those giants. And we may feel like grasshoppers in comparison to the challenges that we face. But with God's help, we can get through it. You see, Joshua left his people with a challenge. And it's a challenge I want us to choose, uh, want us to accept today. You see, we need to be strong and courageous because we know God is with us. And we can have full confidence when we march forward. But Joshua said at the conclusion of Joshua, his life, he said, Choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether it be the gods which your fathers served, which are on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's the challenge I want to ask or offer you today. Choose today who you're going to serve. The future is ahead. We may be dead tomorrow, 
So what? If you live faithful today, that's something that's encouraging. And so do what God wants you to do today and start today and be dedicated to our Lord. Choose you this day whom you will serve. And hopefully you can say the words that Joshua said, ask for me in my house. We will serve the Lord. If you need to change, God's made it possible that you can change your life. If you're not a Christian, He's made it possible that you can become a child of His by being buried with our Lord in baptism. But before you're baptized into Christ, certainly you have to believe that gospel message. And you have to turn from your sin. You have to confess the name of Christ before men. And then you're a candidate to be baptized into Christ. And that's, that doesn't mean that you just go down to the water and then come up and all is well and you're done. No, He tells us that we have to live faithful. And we see the various passages of Scripture, but one of them is Revelation 2 and verse 10. At the end of that verse, it says, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He wants us to live a faithful life. Ever how long we're here on this earth. The question is, are we living that faithful life? Are you serving God? Are you doing what God expects out of you as a Christian? Choose you this day whom you will serve. You need to respond to the invitation. You can do so while we stand and sing.